0: and <laughs> Hello, 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 everybody. How are you? If you can hear me, I want you to please type, I can hear you. I just wanna be sure that we're not talking to ourselves. (laughs) How are you, Lara?
1: I'm great, thank you.
0: That's great. So if you can hear me, please type, I can hear you. Let us know where you're watching or listening from. We would love to hear that from you. Okay, I see someone, all right. So welcome to another episode of the Morale Booster with John Ugulu. The Morale Booster is a platform for entrepreneurs, career professionals, leaders, and the general public to give back to the society through coaching and mentoring. Experience, they say, is the best teacher. This program is currently being sponsored by Main Seed Consulting, and for bookings, adverts, and sponsorship, please feel free to send an email to john at mainseatconsulting.com. If you can hear me, please type, I can hear you. And remember to like and share this message because you might be saving the life of that one person or that one business owner who has been waiting for a lifetime to hear this message. Like and share. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. Her name is Lara O'Connor Hodgson. She's based in Atlanta. She's a great woman. Lara serves as the president and CEO of Now Corp, a company she founded to free small businesses from the burden of being a free bank to their customers. Lara co founded Nourish Incorporated and introduced its first patented products for children in airports, hotels, entertainment venues, and retail outlets across the United States. Lara experienced the challenge of having to fund the trade credit required to support growth. So not finding a solution that worked, she launched Now Corp and created Now Account, the first merchant service payment system for B2B that enables businesses to get paid immediately in a way that feels like taking a credit card for payment. She's not talking about a loan or, you know, a loan or factoring, but even when terms are offered. Now, Corp is the subject of a Harvard Business School case study, and Lara serves as an entrepreneur in the residence at Harvard Business School. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know I'm not joking, right? When I tell you I have a powerful woman, a great lady here. To speak with you, so thank you so much, Lara, for joining me on the program. You, it's it's like I I cannot wait to <laughs> receive all the nuggets from you. Thank you for joining me on the program.
1: Thank you, and and your comment about experience being the best coach. Um, I've got all the scars to prove it.
0: <laughs> I can imagine that. I know that, and my audience are eager to know to hear from you. You know, apart from the background you know the introduction i just gave about you we would want you to just tell us those things that are currently not in that brief some summary i gave to the people can you please tell us what exactly now corp is all about
1: Sure. So, you know, as you mentioned, I've I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life, which I think means I just have unmedicated ADD. And if I hear about a problem that someone has, I just have to figure out how to solve it. And so as I've gone through my life and faced different challenges, um, that challenge became the springboard to the next opportunity. And so back in, let's see, my son was born in 2005, which was my greatest adventure ever. And it was really in becoming a mom that caused me to start Nourish, which was this spillproof um, water product for children. Right. And I started it with my co-founder, Stacey Abrams, who of course, everyone knows who that is. Um, and so as Stacey and I were selling into small gift shops, um, everything worked great. Because most of the time we would ship a case of product and someone would hand us a credit card and we would take the number down and we would get paid the next day. And when and if you pay your visa bill was not our problem. Right. Right. So, So we were able to fund the purchase of the next case of product, et cetera. And about a year into that business, we got our first big order from Whole Foods. And we started to high-five each other because that's like, wow, we bagged the big deal. We had visions of being on the cover of Fortune. And we were so excited that our customers liked the product. The market liked our product. Um, And so this order was for truckloads.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, this wasn't
1: cases anymore. This was truckloads. This is what every business owner dreams of right. and so we cobbled together you know we did a lot of it ourselves. we got the product made we got it out the door and what was interesting is they wanted net 30 terms Whoa. what that means is we're going to give you the product and you're not going to pay us for 30 days right <laughs> we didn't really love that because we have to pay our employees every two weeks not 30 days later and we have to pay our suppliers. And so we went to our suppliers and said, would you give us 45 or 60 days to pay because we're not going to get paid for 30. Right. And they agreed, which they shouldn't have because we were a startup with no money. Um, But the problem was net 30 doesn't mean you're going to get paid in 30 days. And so, you know, two months go by and we still haven't gotten paid but we owe all of our vendors and our employees and it, it is a gut wrenching feeling to lay awake at night, wondering how you're going to pay your vendors. When you're doing everything right. Like our product yeah. is flying off the shelf. And so <laughs> Stacy and I realized that we were going to grow out of business, not go out of business. Right. And so the idea for now account really happened when we were having lunch We were sitting at lunch one day and we realized that restaurants never wait to get paid because you pay with a credit card. And we thought, wow, that is so interesting. We called Whole Foods and said, why don't you pay us with a credit card? And they said, no, we'd rather you just give us 30 days and we'll pay you when we feel like it. So we created Now Account and it's kind of like the reverse of a credit card. So if you're a small business owner and your customer is another business or a government and they're willing to pay you with a credit card, you should take it. But if they're not, which happens most of the time, they want an invoice, then you can deliver the good or service. You can send them the invoice. You process it on your now account and you get paid the full amount of the invoice minus a one time 3% merchant fee immediately. You get paid within two days. So you can use your own revenue to grow your business instead of having to turn to risky loans where you have to sign personal guarantees or turning to factoring, which we call the F word.
0: Oh, <laughs> wow. So you your business actually solved a major problem. And while you were talking about the founders of the business, you mentioned Stacey Abrams. <laughs> So is that the same powerful Stacy? Same that we powerful, all
1: the one and only. Stacey. The
0: one and only.
1: <laughs> so Stacy and I met in Leadership Atlanta, and at the time she was an attorney with the City of Atlanta, and I was running a, a large real estate development company. And when she left the city to run for state legislature for the State House of Representatives in Georgia. Wow. I left because I became a mom. And so we decided we've started three businesses together, including now account.
0: Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. That's, that's great. That's good to know. So but how has uh, how has business been generally?
1: You know, it's it starting a business is really easy. And scaling a business is really hard,
0: right? right <laughs> and right, and right. I think
1: that's the part nobody talks about. Like, yes. I, I think we do entrepreneurs a disservice because we have all this great, sexy—you know—you can go on Shark Tank and you can just grow your business, right. and 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 I think it 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 makes it sound fun and sexy. It's a lot of hard work. But at the same time, it's the most rewarding thing that you could ever do because you are creating jobs. You are you are helping the economy. You are serving clients. Um, so it's you know, it, you go through a cycle where you hit a you hit a, an obstacle and you step back and say, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And then you work around that obstacle and then there's another one. So I, you know, I think you just have to realize when you start a company, nothing—it is not going to be exactly like what you thought. Something will change, and as long as you view that as an opportunity and not an issue, then sort of the world is your oyster, right? That's where you find innovation. It's where you find client needs. That's true. Um, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You're supposed to use them proportionately.
0: I am telling you, that's that's a fact. <laughs> You know, I like what you said about starting being easy. Yeah, you said starting a business is easy, but scaling is hard. And, you know, we are in a generation where everybody wants it like this, like so quick, you know. So what's your advice for those people who just want to get into business and want to start making a profit like from day one? What's your advice for them? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you know, nothing worth having is ever easy, right? We were taught that in kindergarten that you have to work for the things that you really want. Right. And, you know, I think sometimes when we celebrate these overnight success entrepreneurs, we don't realize that it wasn't overnight. It was over many nights. It yeah. looks like it was overnight because we just focus on the, you know, the the fun part. But, I mean, I would say that a lot of people are afraid to start because they know it's gonna be hard. And I would say that's the area where I would always just get going. If you don't know exactly what to do, do something. Um, go down to the Secretary of State and for you know, $50, set up your company. Um, there's tasks you can do that are actually very easy. And it at least gets the momentum going for you to start talking to customers and you know, find one customer and give it a try and learn from them and then, you know, adjust your business based on what you hear from those customers. So when Stacy and I had the idea for Nourish, this was before like 3D printing. We we had this idea. We didn't know if it was going to work. And, you know, it was going to cost like six figures to get molds made. And we didn't have that kind of money. And so, you know, we talked to some friends and they said, well, what if you like create a little mock-up? Literally, we use duct tape. Like we together what this thing was supposed to look like. And then we went to some possible customers like the parody shops at the airports and said, if you had this, would you buy it? And they said, well, yes, like we would buy that. And so once we knew they would buy it, we went back to the manufacturer and said, we'd like to build this. We don't have all the money, but we have a customer. And then they're willing to work with us, you know, and let us kind of pay over time. So, Um, I think the thing that holds most people back when you have an idea is you're afraid to share it. It, it. (laughs) Mostly, I I mean, I can remember when I first had the idea for nourish, I was speaking with Sarah Blakely, who is the youngest self-made female billionaire. She started Spanx and she said, if you don't share your idea, how would anybody ever help you? And right. I thought, if I share it, people are going to steal it. And she was like, people are way too busy to steal your idea, right? Like, <laughs> everyone's not walking around trying to steal your idea, so share it. And I, and, and I think Stacy and I were overwhelmed at the number of people who said, oh, well, we can help you with that. We can connect you to this person. We can teach you how to do that. So if you have an idea, share it, share it, share it, share it.
0: I, I I love that. You know, I, I did a broadcast this morning and I was talking about the same thing. You know, if you have an idea, if you keep it to yourself, so many things could happen. You could end up talking yourself out of it if you run into a hurdle. You know, you could end up just leaving that idea dormant. You know, so everything, first of all, starts with an idea, but not until you have, Someone who can hold you accountable to it. Right. It could just remain an idea for the rest of your entire life. Am I right? <laughs>
1: I I completely agree with you. And you know, people always say that to be an entrepreneur, you have to create, be creative. And yes. I disagree. I disagree. I think you have to be curious.
0: Okay. Because
1: curiosity means you are open minded to listening to people's ideas. Creativity, to your point, can be a sketch on a notepad that you put in a drawer and nothing ever happens with it. To get to innovation, you have to do something. You have to create value. And to get to entrepreneurship, you have to take risk. Right? Yes. And I do think that you know an urban myth about entrepreneurs is that we love risk. Entrepreneurs do not love risk. We do not leap off a cliff and hope we fly. Entrepreneurs are, are OK with risk. And we're actually very good at mitigating it. Right. So to me, instead of saying entrepreneurs love risk, no, entrepreneurs are okay with acknowledging that the risk is there and figuring out ways to box that risk in. But we're not we're not frozen by it.
0: I love that. I love that. You know, that's something I would need to constantly educate or enlighten people about. Yes, we're used to the word like entrepreneurs love risk. Yes, you are right. It is okay to take risks and entrepreneurs do take risks. I like what you just said. Thank you so much. Now, for those who are watching and listening to this program, I want you to remember to like and share, share this message, share this broadcast, because there is definitely one person who's thinking of getting into entrepreneurship. Or there's definitely one person who is already an entrepreneur, but having challenges, That would love to hear this. If this doesn't resonate with you today, it will resonate with you tomorrow. So please like and share. All right. Thank you, Lara. Let's go to the next question. I know when you graduated from school, did you just jump into entrepreneurship or you first of all started working?
1: Well, I, I'm an accidental entrepreneur and I, I do not come from a family of risk takers. My, you know, my father worked for the federal government for his whole career. My mother actually, um, you know, worked in the school with us. Um, and so I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. My parents like avoid risk at all costs. So when I graduated from Georgia Tech, I'm an engineer. There is nothing about me that would have said entrepreneur. I actually worked with the Defense Department in Japan for a little bit. um, And then I went into consulting and I was just fascinated by people. I was fascinated by solving people's biggest problems. I love impossible problems. Um, In fact, if you tell me I can't do something, that's what I got to spend the rest of the day doing. It's a total flaw total character (laughs) but you know so after georgia tech i i worked um as an employee and i i had wonderful clients and i learned i was so lucky to just be around really smart people and then after business school um i also went back and started working but this time i went to work for a startup company i went to an early stage company and I was really good at helping other people grow their businesses. Okay. I was really good at that and I loved it. Um, and then it wasn't until I became, I, when I got pregnant with my son, I realized that I'm kind of a workaholic by nature. If, okay. if I'm working on something and I love it, I just work at it all the time. And I didn't want to miss being a great mom. And so I decided to leave my job and um, I had met Stacy through Leadership Atlanta. She was leaving her job to run for you know for state office, um, and so we kind of looked at each other, and I said, "Well, you're the smartest person I've ever met. We should do something together." And she said, "Well, you're the smartest person I've ever met. We should do something together." And we said, "What should we do?" Um, <laughs> so we really, you know, I think a lot of people start with an idea, and yeah. then they look for a problem. We did the opposite. We said, "What? What's a problem that could be solved?" So I think if you always start with the problem, then your idea has a much better chance of success. And so, you know, we started out initially doing consulting and helping people solve problems. That's what we did. And we made great relationships through that. We helped other people. Um, And then, you know, when I had my son, we had our idea for Nourish and that was kind of our first product company, so.
0: Wow, wow, that's awesome. I love the fact that you have just encouraged people to, first of all, look for a problem that can be solved, right? That way you are adding value, not just focusing on the money part of it. I love that. So for those who are just thinking of getting into entrepreneurship, she has advised that you should focus on looking for the solution, trying to create a solution for a problem. Thank you so much for that nugget. I now, think
1: the other important thing about the problem yeah. is we all have the same ability to see problems. Right. And you have to give yourself permission to know that your best idea may not be in your area of expertise. And that's really hard because people sometimes think, well I've got this idea for, you know, a technology product, but I'm not a technology person, so I can't do it. Yes, right. you can. Find somebody who's a technology person. So your best idea could come while you're brushing your teeth or while you're walking your dog. Great ideas come from just noticing the world around you. And all of us, no matter what your background or where you come from, all of us can do that.
0: That's true. I like that. And, and I always like to encourage people to try as much as possible to write down their thoughts, their ideas. Because what I've come to realize, you know, research has proved it that the brain processes millions of information within a minute. So when you have the ability or you learn how to write down, you would hardly be able to let go of that idea. But when you just leave it as a thought, there's a possibility that it will just be one of those thoughts that come through your mind. And you will be filled with ideas, but no clear direction, am I right?
1: You are absolutely right. You know, I had a very unique experience when I was just out of college. Um, I was having dinner with a friend in Chicago, and he had met this gentleman from Japan named Dr. Nakamatsu, who has the most patents of anybody in history. And um, he said, do you want to meet him? And I thought, oh, my gosh, yes, I want to meet this person. And so as we sat down for dinner, he was the quirkiest, like, everything that happened, he wrote it down. He wrote on napkins, he wrote on a notepad. He said he even writes like when he's in a swimming pool he or in the shower, he writes on the wall. Wow. And like the waiter, the waiter like bumped his head. He took a picture and he wrote it down. Like he just was so curious about his surroundings. And to be honest, most of us are very curious when we're children, but we yes. outgrow it. And that's kind of sad. Like you gotta stay a child. So That's when people ask you what you want to do when you grow up, your answer should be you never want to grow up.
0: <laughs> wow, I love that. I love that. There is one, there's one great thing that accompanies realigning with your childhood. You know, trying to do things the way you did them when you were a child. Because right now you are more in control as an adult. You are more in control as an adult. So, writing down is very, very, very important. For those who are listening, I know I have so many young people who at times listen to this program. This is information for you before you get into business. The young people are the future leaders. Learn how to write. And if you are having challenges, you know, a lot of people say they want to get into business, but they don't have the money to set up their LLCs. This is good news for you. We are helping people set up their LLCs. If you are having any financial difficulties in setting up your LLCs, please just send an email to us. You would find our email in the uh, on the screen right now. It's currently being displayed. Do not let that be a problem for you. Just listen to what Lara is saying. She has so much experience. And I am sure you would pick a few things that would help you get started. So thank you so much, Lara. Let's go to the next question. Now, with the paradigm shift caused by the pandemic, how has that affected your, 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 your business?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm an eternal optimist, which means whenever there's a challenge, um, my initial thinking is with every challenge comes an opportunity. And the question is, are you looking for it? Because so many of us get caught up looking at what we've lost or what we can't do anymore, that we never look for what we can do. So my number one statement throughout the pandemic for my 15-year-old son is sometimes different can lead to better we're all talking about how everything's different. It is different. And there's a lot of things that we used to be able to do that we can't and we miss it. But if you tell yourself different can lead to better, what are the better things? Where are the silver linings? So when the pandemic hurt, hit, we had a good and a bad. On the good side, we had lots of clients coming to us needing to get paid faster because they needed to stay alive. At the same time, their customers were taking a lot longer to pay, which meant it was going to be way more expensive for us. And so what we did as a team is we kind of circled the wagons and we said, we could take all these new customers. But first and foremost, we are going to dedicate ourselves to making sure our existing clients don't go out of business. So we may turn down some new customers, which would be growth for us. But we need to really make sure that these clients that have relied on us for years are still here a year from now and they're growing. And so we, we talked to our clients. We asked about the challenges they were having. As we suspected, their customers were taking longer and longer to pay. Some of their orders had been canceled. So we helped them find new customers we helped them go into industries they hadn't been in before, um, just so that they could keep revenue going. And so I'm proud to say a year later, none of our clients have gone out of business. They are all making it through the pandemic. Many of them are growing like never before because they were open to new opportunities. Um but I also think we had to be empathetic because all of our my employees were all going through hard times. You know, many of us lost loved ones during the pandemic. Um, our clients were going through hard times. Many of them were experiencing the, the the virus. They were losing people. So it wasn't business as usual. It was sort of business as unusual. Right. <laughs> and. Um, But at the same time, I think it forced a discipline that we hadn't had before, and it allowed us to kind of open up to what what could be better after the pandemic. And, And, you know, one of the things we heard is that our clients, they want to be connected to each other. They want to be connected to large companies that can be their customers. And so we're working this year on building out a network to not only get them paid Quickly, but to get them access to more commerce, more revenue, more business. Yes, they can grow.
0: That's it. That's a good one. You know, you are planning ahead. So for those who are still listening via podcast and those watching their YouTube or Facebook, she just gave you the exact thing you need to know. That's why Albert Einstein said, in the middle of every difficulty lies an opportunity. So it's up to you to decide if you only see challenges or if you see opportunities. Right now, Lara is making the move to solve another problem in the future. That's what you all should be thinking about right now. So, um, Lara, you, you mentioned something about partnership. You talked about having an idea and sharing your idea. So basically, you are encouraging partnership. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, to me, you know, we said earlier that if you have an idea, you should just get started. And sometimes it's hard to motivate yourself when you're doing things totally on your own. But the minute you have a partner, you're now accountable to someone. And that gives you, you know, there were times when there were days I'd wake up and I didn't feel like doing anything that day. And quite honestly, I didn't have a boss, so I didn't have to do anything but I had a partner. And so having Stacy there to say, we said we were going to get this done today. It sort of motivates you. We all have good days and bad days. You're allowed to have a good day and a bad day. Yeah. Um, and so, I, when I think of partnerships, I think of like concentric circles, you know, Stacy's my immediate business partner, but then I've got, you know, my clients are my partners. They push me to be better every day. My spouse is my partner. You know, when I have a bad day and I come home and I, I can vent with him, like that's invaluable. Um, my child is my partner. Our investors are our partners. Um, so I think you really do think of everyone that's in your ecosystem is a partner, And how can they help you? Not just by patting you on the shoulder. My mom does that. What you really need is somebody to tell you, like call BS when you're believing yourself too much and sort of say, you're, you're going down the wrong path. You need to re re correct. So make sure you surround yourself by partners that are not just going to say, yes, you're great, but are going to tell you when you're off track.
0: Awesome. I like that. Yes. Yeah, so I would want us to go back into networking as well. You met Stacy at an event. Mm-hmm. So I would want you to talk a little about the importance of networking, especially for the young entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. Well, I truly believe that your network is your net worth. Right. It's your net worth <laughs> is not the dollars in the bank. That's the smallest amount of net worth. Your biggest net worth is the people that you connect with and um believe me when i was younger i was so shy like i was afraid to meet people when i when my parents moved and we went to a new middle school um i can remember coming home the first couple days and i was like nobody will talk to me And and my yeah. mother said something to me that at the time i thought was was somewhat hard but it was the best thing she could have ever said. She said, if other people don't see who you really are, that's on you, Right? that's you, (laughs) you need to communicate better. It's not their fault that they don't see who you really are. And so it forced me to kind of get out of my shell. And you know, now when I walk into any event, it doesn't have to be called a networking event. Some of my greatest partnerships happened in the most unlikely places, but wherever you are, be curious be open to meeting people and look for great people like sometimes if i'm standing at the grocery store checking out i will not leave until i know the person bagging my groceries because that might be a really cool person that i should know if you sit next to me on an airplane i'm sorry to tell you you will get to know me because (laughs) i talk to you and i and you know you may be the person that wishes i didn't talk to you but but i have clients that i met on an airplane i have employees that i met because they gave me great service at the grocery store um you know my, one of my biggest partners i met at my son's sports practice standing on the field and i mentioned that hey i like your georgia tech shirt and we started talking and a year later one of the biggest partnerships i've ever done so wow. everybody can be a partner don't assume that somebody who's helping you with something is beneath you because they may be the greatest partner you've ever met.
0: That's true. I love that. Never look down on anybody because ever that person could be your helper, <laughs> your savior.
1: Right. That's I right. Love that.
0: You know, you you mentioned something about being shy at a point in your life. You know that story resonates with me. I was, I used to be a very shy person, like extremely shy. But when I was able to Overcome that and transition to being the non shy person. Yeah. Now, I could wear you out with, uh, uh, you know, with talking. Anywhere I go to, I want to speak. I want to know who is there. I want to network with people. And it helps a lot. Why I'm saying this is there's so many people watching this program right now who fall into that category and they want to get into business. You being shy would not help you at all in your business. So I want Lara to once again reassure you that being shy will take you nowhere in business.
1: <laughs> but I also think you know, statistically half of the population are extroverts like me and half are introverts. And introverts aren't necessarily shy. In fact, introverts score higher on all creativity tests. So as you're, if you are a business owner and you're building a team, make sure that you look for those people who may be a little bit more shy and they may not come out and bowl you over in an interview, but deep down they've got so much to add. So, you know, I think for those of us that are more extroverted or we've come out of our shell, like John and I, it's our responsibility to help other people do that. So, you know, when you're at an event and you see somebody standing by themselves, I will come and talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> that's how Stacy and I met. Stacy is naturally very introverted. And I met her at an event because I walked up to her and introduced myself. And she thought, oh, my gosh, who is this? Over caffeinated woman that's talking to me. But thank God I did, right? I met like, yeah. my greatest business partner. Right. Um, yeah. So always look for the person in the room who's not talking to somebody and go talk to them.
0: That's true. That's that's a good tip. That's a very, very good tip. I like that. Thank you so much. Now, what's your advice for those people who have not gotten the courage? You know, so many people have dreams, visions, and they have limiting beliefs holding them back. They could feel maybe I still have young kids, I need to wait, or I'm a single parent, I can't do anything yet because of the kids. And they really are passionate about getting into yeah. entrepreneurship. What's your advice for those people? Or some of them might not even have a college de- education, and they feel that's a hold back for them. You know, just general limiting beliefs.
1: So I would say, and I think that a lot of us uh, have lost sight of this. I think that most successful people would tell you they're successful because of the obstacles in their life, not in spite of them, but because of them. So those obstacles, first of all, there's never a perfect time to start a business. I was the same way. For years, I was like, well, I'm going to work on my career. Then I'm going to have a child. You don't get to plan your life like that. So if you have a challenge that you think is holding you back, look at that challenge and ask how it can be part of your solution. So for example, if you have a a young child at home and you don't have time to go start a business, maybe you should start something to help your child (laughs) while you're working with your child. What else could you be doing? Right. I mean, nourish happened because I was on maternity leave and I was home with my child. And I was trying to, you know, I wanted to be out more, but he was spilling things everywhere. And I thought, oh my gosh, somebody has got to do this. If I hadn't been home with my child, I wouldn't have seen the opportunity. So we all have things that seem like burdens, but that's your gift. Like if if you had no burdens in your life, you wouldn't do anything. Like life, when, when life is easy, you don't do anything. And so, you know, it's really like look at what is holding you back and say, how do I take that thing and make it part of my solution? Because you know what? If it's holding you back, it's holding other people back. Solve the problem, right? (laughs) If you have a problem, other people have the problem. So solve the problem and then sell it to other people, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) That's true. That's true. You make that, you've made so much sense there you know, whatever challenge one is going through, always understand that it's not happening to you alone. So if for any reason you find a solution to that, know that there are so many people out there who also need that solution. I like that. Thank you so, so much for that. Now, how can people reach out to you?
1: Yeah. You, I mean, you can reach me at NOW Account. Um, so our website is nowaccount.com or nowcorp.com. They both go to the same place. Okay. Um, and my email is laura.hodgson at nowcorp.com.
0: Okay. That's great. So for those who are watching this program via YouTube and Facebook, you can visit the website nowcorp, N-O-W-C-O-R-P.com or you can send an email to Lara at, uh, is it, you say Lara, L-A-R-A?
1: Yep, L-A-R-A dot H-O-D-G-S-O-N at nowcorp.com.
0: Awesome. No problem at all. Thank you so much for that, Lara. I know the people watching and listening have currently learned so many things from you. And I hope in the future, people who think it's not possible to bring their dreams to life would learn from you that networking can turn everything around for you. It can give you your best partnership. It can it can help you not talk yourself out of your dreams. So thank you and keep doing what you're doing. You and Stacey, you are both godsend. You're tough women and we're looking up to you to help develop other people out there and I know it is part of your task. It is part of your calling to help people who are in need. So thank you so much. Do you have last words for the young entrepreneur?
1: So one of the things that I learned midway through my career, and I think it changed everything, is that growing up, everybody always tells you you have to be successful. And I think that if your goal in life is success, you're not thinking big enough. Because success just means you won the race, you won the game, you got the job, you finished the project. And I think the bigger goal in life is significance, because significance is infinite. It means you did something that helped somebody else, that helped somebody else, that helped somebody else. And when you reframe your personal goals around significance, your business goals around significance with now account, you could change anything about now account tomorrow and I wouldn't care but you can't change the the impact that it has on clients because that's my significance. So focus not on what you do, but on the so what that you do, the significance that you have.
0: Wow, I love that. So if you're listening, she said the bigger goal in life is significance. And that's true. Very, very correct. So do you work with all kinds of um, businesses like for Now Account?
1: we do our clients the as long as you have a customer that's another business or a government you can use a now account so our clients are everything from consulting firms and marketing firms and manufacturers and staffing companies um, as long as your customers a business or government you can use now account
0: okay no problem so for those who are interested in you know u- utilizing their services please feel free to reach out to lara she already dropped her contact uh website is nowcorp.com. All right, so thank you so much, Lara. I just wanna drop a few words for those who are watching the program. There is a Chinese proverb that says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. I want you to know that age is nothing but a number. You could be old for a job, but you can never be old for your work. There is a difference between your job and your work. Your job is what you are paid to do, and your work is what you were born to do. No matter how old you are, you can still step into your calling by doing your work, and you need partnership. Lara is there to guide, call if you need, anything, send her an email, she probably would be able to give you one or two tips that can help your business grow. Also, for those who are just getting out of college, who want to get into entrepreneurship, I want to remind you of what Lara said. She said, partnership is paramount. Networking is paramount. And always remember that starting is easy, but scaling is hard. We're going to write that quote down for you. That's your quote, Lara. (laughs) Starting is easy. Scaling is hard. So ladies and gentlemen, please remember to like and share. There's someone out there. There's a business owner out there who needs to hear this message. And thank you all for listening to the program. Lara, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I hope when next I invite you, you will come on the program.
1: Of course. Anytime.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>